This is Channel Q. I know you're thinking all the greatest shows on radio have a name. Our show has no name right now for legal reasons, but we will have one soon enough. In the meantime, you do have some voices you should get to know. That's Allie right there, lesbian lady, Kevin right here, straight man. And for the next couple of hours, we're going to be hanging out, talking about things going on in the world, in our lives, etc. Thanks for being with us. Of course, you're more than welcome to interact. Lots of ways. Do it on the socials. Do it uh, just by yelling at your radio. Or uh, you can call us. I believe there's a phone number here. Although uh, the board that it was written on is apparently- It's gone and it's been replaced with a, a printout of an octopus with four tentacles. I, there, there, was a really helpful, there was a really helpful board there that had a lot of information that we had to give you. And that has been replaced by arguably the least helpful piece of clip art ever. I mean, it, it I, it's just funny because you and I were walking through this the hallway in this building recently and we were like, it feels like, you know, because they, they had, had to repaint the walls because there was flooding or something and then we walked into the living room and there was no couch there where there once was a couch and now the bulletin board has been <laughs> taken away and replaced with an, a weird emoji of an octopus. I don't know. There's something going on behind the scenes here that we don't know about. I think that we're being robbed by a very, very slow burglar because there's just <laughs> taking like a thing every week and then not replacing it. And then they took the bulletin board and they were like, they're going to know it's gone. Yeah, well, I should put this octopus here so that they, they're totally blindsided. Like the uh, wet bandits used to flood the house. This is a calling card. They just leave a printout yes. of a, uh, an octopus. Well, that is not as helpful as I was hoping for, but uh, usually uh, that was um, that was the information I would look over. I would look we have over, to tweet out a picture of look it. Look over Allie's gay head and that's where I would see the uh, bulletin board full of information that I could relate to you the uh, listener of Channel Q, part of the always growing, interactive, and totally inclusive audience. And uh, unfortunately, today, all I can say to you is... Octopus. Octopus. Uh, <laughs> you want to interact with the show? Octopus. You know what that means, uh, hopefully, because I have no idea. That's not even a complete octopus. Uh, the only thing I know... I don't know much about octopuses. Can I say that on the air? Yeah, yeah. I know that... The only thing I do know about them is that they have eight... eight Legs, yes, only half of them are featured in this clip art image. Yeah, this, this clip art, did, it's not even an accurate octopus we're looking at now. So just no, this is a mutilated octopus. For the record. And he looks way too happy for losing four of his legs. Uh, put a picture of that up uh, somewhere. Uh, that used to be helpful information. But in the meantime, we're thrilled to uh, welcome the ever-growing, listening, I want to say contingent, but that, that makes it sound so scientific. I guess just welcome family. It's good to have you uh, with us as we continue to... Uh, spread our gay agenda. Am I saying that correctly, Allie? Yes, absolutely. Okay. To the uh, Midwest and, of course, the East Coast, where now what started as just a small little studio with a working dry erase board is now reaching many more people <laughs> all across the uh, country, including the other coast where I'm from originally. And uh, it's great to uh, know that people can hear our voices now on radio stations in Chicago, Boston, New York, where I uh, started my radio career. So uh, this was the goal, to get back to New York via uh, the West Coast. But anyway, it's great to have you with us. We uh, cannot wait for you to hopefully fall in love with this show or learn very quickly that um, you're not a fan. Yeah, of that us. it's not your cup of tea. Regardless... We like to have you uh, on board the Channel Q, and uh, thank you so much for being here. we got lots to get to today. Uh, news it or lose it, we'll break down the biggest headlines. That is not coming up for about 40 minutes. In the meantime, though, uh, let's uh, go ahead and get into some of the things we had planned for you today. Am I supposed to rattle well, off a bunch of stuff? We had, we had them written down on the dry erase board, <laughs> but I looked again, and once once again, it's gone. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me read it then. You know, the uh, octopus. Octopus is playing. And, and then what's at the top that? of the next hour is octopus. And finally? Follow, fo uh, followed by octopus. All right. You know, I, I, I can't even tell you from a 
member of the LGBT community that this means anything. Like, I would imagine maybe it's some kind of gay inside joke that I should know about, but I don't know any. That, that there's nothing that comes to mind. So uh, you're, I'm, we're, I'm just as much in the blank as you are. I will say something that I have said before off the mic, and I will repeat it now. And I think this is the first time you've heard me say this, but you would think when launching a radio station uh, for the LGBTQ plus community and with all of the new gay hires that come with running this radio station, there would be a much better interior decorating scheme going on around here. Yep, Wouldn't you think but that? Yes, that's true. But there is a pretty good interior design scheme in here compared to other studios wouldn't you think mm, there's I a mean, ring light there's a ring light over there can, compared have to you a, ever seen a ring light in a ra- radio studio but, but i'm saying compared to other studios that you're setting the bar pretty low i would think i've seen what can happen when you get one one gay person working on a room uh, they turn it from uh you know looking like a like a reject college dorm room into yeah. something that could be on the, on the cover of a magazine and that's just one gay yeah we've got like uh Got a whole staff full. Fistfuls, I believe, is how we're supposed to measure them around here. <laughs> Fistfuls, and bucketfuls. For, and for some reason, um, I, you know, uh, we got the flags out. There's a lot of flair, but uh, I would just expect the uh, the better interior decorating. That's all I'm saying. It's one of the stereotypes. I know we don't necessarily play into the stereotypes, and some that some we build up, and others we break down. And clearly, Allie today is dressed like if you were going to picture a lesbian, and someone were to say, "Give me every stereotype you can think of when you hear the word lesbian." She is dressed today like someone just described. You went to someone who'd maybe never even met a gay person before and was like, give them to me. And they're like, flannel, beanie, <laughs> combat boots. Jeans, I'm not wearing combat uh, boots. Whatever, all the other stuff you I don't wearing. even own a pair of combat boots. I but thought, yes, I, I have really outgayed myself today. Really I think the only thing it. that would make me gayer is if I was wearing a chef's coat and a dog leash. Uh, which, by the way, thank you for leaving in your Miata, the parking lot. <laughs> because that would have, It's a Subaru. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. But it's fascinating to me that you decided today after getting dressed you you even looked you got caught a reflection of yourself and said hmm, I look a little bit too was butch the word you used? no it was just I I was rushing out like I always do because I'm not great with time management and I threw on a frock I just threw on a, a, a can't flannel can't say that on the air you can't say frock <laughs> beep it and dump it God loves frocks and um <laughs> I, so I, in the I was I was on I was on my way out and I looked in the mirror and my hair looked really unkempt and my flannel was just a little too baggy and my jeans were baggy and I was like I just don't look great right now so what can I do I don't have time to change but what can I do in a short amount of time to make me look a little better so I took my flannel and I tied it in a little knot Ugh. to make it all cinched and then I added a beanie and I even put bobby pins in my beanie to make me f- make it stick in place more. And I think, apparently, you, according to you, it's made me look even gayer. Well, it, but you, I think this is just tailored gay. You went from looking like bad-dressed 2019 lesbian to badly-dressed 1997 lesbian. <laughs> That's really all that happened. You just, you I just, just jumped a couple of decades. You just <laughs> shaved a few decades off your outfit, which I well. think overall makes it worse. But hey, we're on the radio. No one can even see what we look like, so what's it really matter anyway? Uh, lots to get to on the show today. Let's tell you what we have in store for you, and then we will actually start doing that stuff, including Ali's uh, one-on-one fight against the universe. It's a fight you're probably not going to win, but we'll figure out exactly why you are battling the universe uh, coming up in a moment. Of course, uh, there are a couple of gay bunnies, gay bunnies that are uh, getting married, and uh, a book that is being read to school children, of course, is angering parents. We'll talk about that. We have a lot of gay animal stories today. Uh, well, yeah, and, and, and apparently, if you're one of these people that's posting pictures um, uh, on Instagram of your pets... 
I know we've discussed before how to make your pet Insta-famous, which is apparently the number one job anyone can have these days. It's just making millions of dollars by taking pictures of your pet being Insta-famous. Or uh, just being at your, mad at your animals for not becoming Insta-stars, right, not be, which is uh, what I do. Right, you get no treat today. I don't care if you made Boom Boom outside. Yeah. You're not Insta-famous. <laughs> Put on my shoes. Well... There's apparently a new trend, and it's uh, the queer pets of Instagram. And I and, and this is an interesting discussion, and we can have it later. But does that mean pets of queer identifying owners? Does it mean that the owners can be of any sexual orientation, but the animals have done something that make them queer? Yeah. See, I thought that originally when I read this, the queer animals of Instagram, I thought it was just animals that have a high tendency of being gay in nature, like penguins or giraffes or whatever. You always see those lists of what animals are gay. Mm -hmm. But this is just pictures of like animals that look butchy or look like they're queer in general, which I feel like is kind of animalist. Like, why are you assuming this animal's identity just based on how they look? Like, to be completely honest, if my dog had to pick a sexual identity, I think it would be Pillow, because she spends <laughs> more time humping pillows than anything else. So, <laughs> I, I don't even know if what, what category that puts her into. I mean, if it's She's a, Pillow sexual? She's Pillow sexual, yeah. So, uh, we'll have to talk about that coming up a little bit later in the show today as well. Uh, and uh, there's a new exercise trend, and if you're not currently doing it, well, then you are going to lose... 10 to 15 years off your life. We'll talk about that. Also, if you start doing it, you could lose 10 to 15 uh, years off your life. So we'll talk about that coming up as well. Be back in a moment. Figure out why Ali is battling the universe and why our show still has no name. All of that and so much more coming up next right here on the all-new Octopus. <laughs> this is Channel Q. <laughs> How'd that bird get in here? <laughs> is that the sound effect? Was that our entire sound effect budget on that one dumb bird? Now I'm confused today. Octopus pictures, birds. What are we outside? Welcome back to Noah's Ark. Uh, this is Channel Q. That is Ali, gay lady, Kevin, straight man, and uh, we talk about some things coming up on the show today. Uh, I don't want to be a downer, especially on a Monday. People are already kind of sad enough starting a new week. Uh, it was a rough weekend. Lost a good friend on Friday. Um, took his own life. And someone that Allie and I have had the pleasure of uh, sharing a studio with before. Later in the show today, we're going to uh, take a trip um, just about two years, maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had him on, oh, I mean, you've met him a bunch of times I've and had him, known him in since studios for 2006, years. yeah. And uh, and uh, lately, I've, I, he, I don't know, I'm, I get all choked up right now. We'll talk about it later in the show today. But I'm excited that we're going to share with you a great moment. It, I, it I makes, can't wait because I've been thinking about this all weekend. It makes me laugh every, even when I think about, it was just one of the reasons why um, Brody Stevens was as funny and well-respected in the world of comedy as he was. And I know that there are a lot of people, I mean, I don't have to preach the um, the sadness that goes with um, taking your own life, of course, it, you know, the LGBT plus uh, community, obviously, this is like, unfortunately, one of those epidemics that has been happening as well. Mm. And, so uh, anyway, uh, we will uh, listen and, and hopefully laugh together as we deal with the sadness coming up a little bit later yeah. in the show today. And I just think it, it it needs to be said that we have had the opportunity to talk to a lot of comedians and people in the industry, and it's been a great pleasure. But Brody was so different because he's so naturally funny, mm-hmm. and it wasn't always you didn't always see that, or you saw people that were like, eh, you know, they were they were there promoting their thing or whatever, but right. they obviously didn't want to be there. He was just such a genuine, nice guy who was naturally funny and really brought a lot into the room. 
I could tell you and liked him try because even. when uh, when I said uh, let's have him back on, you said I don't think I get him. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. And I said, "Come on, you got to give me." I said, "He's one of these guys." That the first couple of times, you're like, "What is going on?" But then eventually, well, because once I you're didn't. In on it, yes, I didn't understand the joke at first. Yes, because he would always make he would always talk about how important he was and right. how how he was so in demand. And I was like, I don't understand what is going on, but that's the joke. Yeah, and I didn't get that until later. But you already knew him very well, so you were like, "I love this guy," and yeah. I was like, "That was weird." Well, I went through that as well the first few times like yeah. back in 2006 or whatever. When I first met him, I was like, I don't get this guy for I don't get him at all. And then like a lot of like a lot of things. I mean, I'm trying to think of foods that I love now that the first few times I tried it. I think the first time someone gave me truffles, I was like, get this, what is this weird dry mushroom crap? Get it off my food. Now, uh, not only do I love it, but I realize it's the most expensive thing you can order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we'll talk about I just compared Brody Stevens, an amazing comic, to truffles. It's probably the greatest compliment you can give. But, I think uh, he would have really liked that. Uh, we will uh, of course take a, a listen back to uh, a chat that Ali and I had with him and there's another uh, A-list celebrity involved in that conversation. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show today. For those of you that used to listen to us when we were uh, doing this, uh, doing a, a show in uh, San Francisco, California, you may remember this moment. And for those of you that are new to Channel Q, especially all those East Coasters, Midwesterners that are finding us for the very first time today and this week, uh, this will be brand new and it is something that you will only hear right here. Some exclusive audio from uh, someone that we recently lost. All right, let's figure out why, uh, why are you battling the well, universe? Because let me just say in general, General, I have your back. You know that I, I am very You have fond. my broad back. You I, always have. I'm fond of you, and I've always said, I have got your back. Even the times you've asked me to readjust your shoulder pads and your blazers, <laughs> I got your back. I'm there to do it. But I, when you're taking on the universe, you may be on your own here. Well, because you know we've been doing those goddess moon circle things, and Katie's been very involved in her spirituality lately. It's been something that we've I mean, there's a lot of abundance candles now in the apartment. There's a lot of uh, crystals that need to be taken with us on trips and things like that. She even started getting a monthly yogi box, which has, you know, worded meditations printed out, which I argue with her. You could could get those for free online. But regardless, there's this whole mentality now of, you know, we're manifesting our ideal life and we're, you know, getting rid of anything that's not serving us and we're filling our lives with these things and the stars are going to give us these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things it's like basically the secret right so you kind of became a bit of a hippie i gotta be honest yeah oh yeah but like you weren't for anyone who's new to the show this flannel should be tie-dye really well you were not this was not you in any way shape or form i never really thought of you as a spiritual person even a little bit no and i almost think you were mocking her for being so spiritual and now you're in on it. She's dra- she's dragged me into it, yes. Because actually, regardless you. of whether or not this stuff works, it does make you feel better. So it is in kind of uh, so many words, it is like therapy. But there is a line to this stuff. And this weekend I was met with that line because I spent the entire weekend doing our taxes. This first year that we did it as a married couple. And it, it there was really no we involved. I did all of my taxes and then all of her taxes. For anyone who thought every story involving two lesbians on the weekend was hot and sexy, <laughs> just keep listening because we will okay. disprove that immediately. I was in uh, oversized sweats with no underwear oh, on. Okay. Uh, I had fuzzy socks. Oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't need to be said. Mm, it was a little too hot in the apartment, so it was kind of clammy. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, Just paint a so, nice picture. Oh, I didn't think it was possible to hate taxes anymore. Now you've made me hate them even more. It's amazing. <laughs> I was munching on a half a sausage, mm-hmm. um, and I I pounded away at the keyboard, and I finished our taxes, and I was actually very very pleased with the result. I w- I was terrified of doing them because I was reading all week about how nobody's getting any money back. Everyone was like, I owe how much to the government? I can't believe this. Blah blah blah. So when I actually got us a tax return, I felt amazed. And so I was clicking file. I said, honey, I did it. I got us money back on our taxes. I mean, a decent amount, too. I was like, look at this. And and Katie's response was, look at what the universe has done for us. (laughs) And my response was, universe? The universe didn't do any of this crap. I was the one that was doing math for 12 hours straight and figuring and going through all of our expenses, making sure we got money back. Yeah, but... Here's the problem. If you're going to get all all in on this hippie nonsense, then the, what? Then the universe does all of it. I get no credit get, anymore for anything. You get no credit, and you have to accept that. And once you start demanding credit and being self selfish instead of selfless, and instead of you saying, "Wow, the universe did provide," you're going to start losing all that. If you're going to, I'm just saying, if you're going to go all, all in on this, the universe provides and this and that. When you were on your lesbian honeymoon, and uh, my old uh, friend uh, Andrea came by, she's she's gone all spiritual and hippie, and she was saying how you just got everything's manifest this, manifest that. I said to her, "What do you do for a job?" now she's like she couldn't even answer the question she's like i just i need things and it's just appear. <laughs> like I, I was like what really yeah it's like, getting to a point where you like is this person just completely detached from reality or are they enlightened right. geniuses and that's and that's what they will have you believe if you buy into it you don't need to you don't you can't stress about will i have enough money to cover my rent this month will i you just need to think positive and trust that the money trust, will be there trust the universe will provide whatever that means maybe that means you run into someone that you haven't seen since high school and they're hiring and you get a new job it may not be as obvious as you know here's a sack of cash that just popped up on your doorstep but it's a lot of other things but if you're going to go into it and go all right i'm going to buy into this i'm going to buy the moon rocks and go to the witch circles and everything else you're doing well then you can't oh, i wish i could afford moon rocks you you can't then go uh but this time it wasn't the universe this time was me but I, but by the way i don't disagree with you i i would be annoyed if i spent all day doing something to provide a financial gain or whatever, and then instead of your wife being like, I just want to say, I know that was super annoying, thank you, instead just goes, hey, thank you, Mother Earth. Yeah. And I'm, and even, but it's not even just big things. I mean, not that that's a big thing because that it's not like, oh, wow, you know, she got this huge new job opportunity that's going to make her millions of dollars. Like you said, it's not something like that. It's something minor, but even the minor victories are what help me. Yes. feel good about myself. So maybe I could share a little bit of the credit with you, universe, and I could get a little pat on the back every once in a while. Even even every little thing. I pulled into a parking lot and there was a close parking spot that I found and she said, the universe gave us this parking spot. And I said, no, we only, the only reason we found it is because I was looking and paying attention. Because I'm driving the wrong way down the one way. Right. <laughs> and I just <laughs> stole the spot from the old woman who was waiting here with the blinker on. So let's okay. see the universe do that. Yeah. Well, listen, when you that woman aud- just doesn't believe. When you get audited and locked away for uh, tax fraud, <laughs> you can go ahead and say, hey, I didn't, that's, that's the universe. Don't blame <laughs> it me. It wasn't me. This is Channel Q. Gay bunnies. Do we have your attention? Good. I'm glad we do. Um, there's a book that was put out by John Oliver about a couple of homosexual bunnies. And this book was really more of a response to uh, another book that was put out by an anti-LGBT 
Uh, what was he, a congressman? Is that who put I out the other one? I think so. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not the show that you tune to on this station for anything political. That's sure, let's go with probably congressman. Keep in mind. Oh, uh, was Mike Pence? Oh, Mike, oh, I've heard of him. So Mike Pence put out a book our, about- So our vice president? Uh, a couple of bunnies. And it uh, shows what I know about it. I actually knew that. I didn't want to promote Pence's book. Thanks a lot, Justin. <laughs> Clearly, we know who the right-wing redhead is in here. So uh, it's anyway, in his blood. This, literally, the book about the um, about the gay bunnies was being read to a school to some students, and if, and as is usually the case, uh, there's a parent that gets, or a few parents that get absolutely outraged by it, and uh, we forget that, you know, in the circles that for the most part we run in, choose to run in, the people that I hang out with, the people Ali, I'm sure you hang out with, um, are, are, I would argue. Pretty. I don't even know if liberal is necessarily the right word. Is but but they're definitely accepting, and I and I don't feel. I don't want to say like I'm more evolved in my thinking than the people that we're going to hear from in this story, but I do believe that it sometimes shocks me when things like this create such a controversy. Still, I mean, I, if it was ten years ago or fifteen years ago, I would say, all right, yeah, people were still kind of, I guess, coming to terms with things. They didn't really understand it. Maybe they didn't know someone. Um, but yep. this, I always find this weird when there's a backlash and it becomes a news story because parents were upset that teachers read a book to their students about a couple of gay bunnies. Well, <laughs> I, I, I think that any story about bunnies is inherently gay. But I do think that it goes back to that issue that parents always face, which is, teacher, don't teach my kids things that I haven't taught them yet. Now I'm going to go home and not teach them these things because I'm uncomfortable talking about them. I got to unteach them now, right? It's it's no different than the, the teachers, the parents that get upset just during the regular like human sexuality class that happens. And the reality is like maybe, hey, this maybe will keep your 13-year-old from getting pregnant or getting the herp. So maybe this is a – even though, yes, it's an uncomfortable or potentially new domain for us to cover, the, the goal here I believe is – is positive, right? Yeah, exactly. But then the like the the kids that went and to school and heard this riveting story about two gay bunnies, then go home and ask their parents questions about two gay bunnies and why can't they get married? And then the parents get uncomfortable, and then their response is not to talk to their kid about this subject matter, and instead to complain, yeah, complain. to whatever news outlet or school they possibly can. Uh, let's take a listen and find out what side you fall on, the battle of the gay bunnies. I don't think it's fair that they're not telling the other parents that about this, what they read. Craig Hudson is talking about this book, A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. It was read by a teacher to his grandson's first grade class at Pinecrest Elementary School a few weeks ago. Now, we already have a little bit of an issue here in the sense that this is his grandson. So now you're a generation removed. And I'm not sure maybe he raises the grandson. Maybe the parents are, you know, deadbeats or something. I don't really know the story. But he's now upset. And this is this puts him. Uh, I would imagine if the guy, what the kids in what first grade, so the grandparents got to make him what two hundred years old. I'm trying to do my math. <laughs> my math's not great. But. That might even just be like fifties in their fifties. So listen to this. Noah comes home one day and asks us if it's okay if two male bunnies were to get are able to get married, and we said in our beliefs, no, but we do not judge nobody. Well, well I am judging your grammar, sir. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? He's not wrong, though. Oh, we I mean, don't judge nobody. Two, Never. Two bunnies cannot actually legally get married in this world, regardless of their sexual orientation. Let's be honest for a moment. What? Kevin! He's actually saying he's actually saying an accurate statement. We I don't, don't think that two bunnies should be able to get married? I think his concern is the fact they're both males, but even if it were... Can any bunnies get married? The answer is not really, not unless the zoo is doing one of those... You know, promotions is not usually legally binding. Also, I'm pretty sure bunnies do not wait to get married before they. Uh, yeah, you're right. right. I don't think that they. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that they stick by that standard. I think they just kind of do it a lot. So uh, once again, this guy's statement is uh, is as follows here. And we said in our beliefs, no, but we do not judge nobody. And by that translation, because it's a double negative, he means that they judge everybody. That's the most accepting guy out there. <laughs> no, no. If we know, if we don't judge nobody, we, then we, we judge everybody. Oh, then we judge everybody. Yeah. yeah. So in that case, yeah, the guy's a real a-hole. Uh, <laughs> the book was written by the staff of the HBO show last week tonight with John Oliver. It was written to mock the vice president's bunny book and raise money for the Trevor Project and Age United. In the book, Marlon Bundo, the bunny of Vice President Mike Pence, meets another boy bunny that he wants to spend the rest of his life with. I would really love to be in the room when this story is being read to these children. It's just so great. Let me just say, regardless of the fact that being in a relationship, a gay relationship, a straight relationship, is um, very legitimate, this, the, for the most part, as someone who has to read a bunch of these stories to a, to kids... None of the plot points really make much sense anyway. I mean, there's no such thing as the gummy bear forest. Like, it's all, to me, what? it's all it's all equal levels of, no, yes, I understand what they were doing here. There is a political undertone or overtone to the entire book, and, and I think, you know, a, a good cause as well. However, I, I don't know if... It, like, this, are you saying at least this one has a plot? No, I'm saying in general, you don't have to, if you don't make a big, if you really have an issue with the uh, book that's being read to your kid in first grade, just put it in the same category as all the other stories that just don't make, you don't have to, dwell, you don't have to talk about, ah, you know, these books, they're all absurd. Right. You don't have to. You, if he doesn't want to make this a, a, a learning opportunity, but he said, we don't believe, how do you come up with your beliefs in, in general, right, in life? From your parents, your grandparents, your circle, what you learn, maybe a social influencer. That's how I get most of my beliefs. <laughs> social media? Social influencers just... only, yeah. <laughs> they have to put hashtag ad, and then I know. This is what I'm buying into. But I'm, I'm saying, so you just eat tacos every Tuesday. Yeah. I go, yep, it's I'm hump in. day every Wednesday. But these guys, uh, this is a grandfather that is very possibly trying... You know, I don't, you know, like, you, no one's born with hate in their heart. Like, they don't know. All, all kids know is, for the most part, love and cupcakes. That's pretty much it, which is a pretty yeah. gay concept anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that's actually been a pitch for the new name of our show. Love and cupcakes is not my new favorite, <laughs> by the way. Write it down. Add it to the, the growing list of possible show names. So anyway. uh, It's right up there with octopus. But I... Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah, I, I just, I think, you, I mean, you're right. They, they put all of this importance onto a book that probably doesn't really mean much to a first grader. No! They're going to school and they're just like, cool, a story about bunnies. And then they move on with their day and they're like, when do I get to make another macaroni picture? And the kid goes home and he sees his dad's uh, bunny foot uh, keychain, rabbit foot keychain. He goes, dad, your keychain's gay. <laughs> Like, oh, That's a gay bunny foot. You must have uh, heard the story. <laughs> but parents feel while the book is about acceptance, 
They don't believe the politics and sexual innuendo in the book is appropriate for first grade students. Let me tell you who doesn't pick up on sexual innuendo. First grade students. <laughs> first grade students do not pick up on innuendo. It's the whole reason that sexual innuendo was developed. It was to be able to have conversations uh, among children. All right. When my wife says to me, no S-E-X tonight, Kevin, I have a headache. I don't think that's an innuendo. Well, I think that's flat out well, whatever, whatever it is, she says it to me. I know what she said. You have to, I spell it. My kid usually spell it for me. Mommy mm-hmm. said no sex. But I mean, that's the whole reason we will have innuendo. They don't pick up. So, so what's a parent going to get upset about? Well, that's their own issue. There, there are innu- innuendos so that adults can enjoy content with their like family it's more like family content if you walk it's you watch if you watch any kind of like pixar movie or whatever there's going to be adult side jokes in there yeah. to help the parents be like oh this isn't a total waste of my time i'm actually enjoying this but the first graders don't pick up on no, that of course not they don't know what's going on they don't know how many of those, those toys were having gay sex with each other in toy story but if there is a little gay first grader who does need to hear this? Maybe he's grown up in a family that isn't very accepting and he feels a little different. Maybe he wants to hear a story about these gay bunnies and not feel so different. Maybe I mean, it would help him. Is it really hurt? Who is it hurting? Right, exactly. Kelly Coward says if it was an. Kelly a- Coward, that's it. <laughs> They don't call me Mrs. Coward for nothing. <laughs> I'm going to say nothing about this. I don't know how I feel about this. I take just, back everything. Just very scared. <laughs> Kelly Coward says if it was an approved book, it wouldn't be an issue. Me, personally, I wouldn't mind. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) I'm going to get back in your car, Kelly. (laughs) We interviewed Kelly in her pillow fort, and this is what she said. But I'm a very open kind of person and don't mind talking to my kids about that stuff. But at the same time, a little heads up would be nice. I don't have it. I have both opinions. <laughs> I, I I don't mind talking about the with my parents, but I don't know. No, ah, I got, ah, bright light, run. Uh, Wendy Curry has a son who is gay and says while the book is about acceptance, it's not appropriate. That's for me to decide at home what I want to teach my child and, and what I feel that they're able to handle. All right, well... I, so then this person has a gay first grader? I no, I guess maybe another son, maybe another child that uh, that's gay. I, I, I just he already read that book yeah, at my house. Yeah. I, I'm annoyed because uh, that's our copy. The school <laughs> school's getting it all uh, germed up. Well, anyway, listen, gay bunnies. Uh, it's a great place to start, and the conversation can now continue. Unfortunately for us, we have to take a break. But when we get back, wait, in moment, wait, wait, quickly, yes, would yes. you read this to your kids? Oh God, no. <laughs> I share the opinion of Kelly Coward. Uh, yeah, I think Kelly Coward and I are on the same page here, and that page is uh, only hetero bunnies. All right, it's Adam and Eve, not uh, not, not Adam and Thumper or whatever. Whatever that bunny's name is. No, of course I don't have a problem with that. I think I think. Well, kid, you had that lesbian book too that you showed me uh, about those two ratty-haired mommies. Two mommies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think like half of the books that I have uh, that my kid reads are gay. I to be I don't. I don't know. She just picks them on the pictures alone. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, but they're all gay. All gay. Ever read that book? They're all, they're fantastic. (laughs) We'll be back in a moment. This is uh, the all new Channel Q, and it's great to have you with us. Of course, all of you finding us for the very first time. What a special way to start your week in the Midwest and on the East Coast as uh, we continue to grow Channel Q. More after this. We are Channel Q. All right. For those of you that are new to the show... Right around this time, each and every day, we uh, give you some possible headlines that we'll be breaking down at the start of the next hour. Okay, let me put down my xylophone. Uh, go ahead, Allie. Go, mm-hmm. ahead, no, go ahead. Do a solo real quick. All right. Okay, ready? Very nice. A lot of people thought that was going to be a useless skill you picked up along the way, but I'm glad that you yeah. uh, learned how to do that. 
My new passion for playing only instruments that are found in four-year-old preschool rooms is well, really going well. It's um, it's it's a great it's a great way to uh, catch pinworms if you want to play those <laughs> instruments. That's how I think I got my case from playing with those instruments in the kids' room. <laughs> really, I'm think pretty so? sure that's where it came from. Well, you can't really get those ever clean, even if you no. give them a once-over with a wet wipe. No. No, they're always full of pinworms and germs. Um, anyway, we don't pick the music here at uh, Channel Q. We do, however, pick the stories with your help. It's time for News It or Lose It. <laughs> Presents News It or Lose It. Eventually, over that annoying beep, there will be a new show name. Uh, we got to go ahead and have some meetings about that this week, and hopefully by the end of the week, you will find out exactly what the name is of the show that you're listening to right now. Here's what we do know for now. That is still Ali. I am still Kevin, and these are the stories we may or may not be covering at the top of the next hour. All right. Headline number one, giant wooden troll returns to Colorado ski town. I uh, I never really like these stories of people that steal like the uh, garden gnomes and take them on world tours. I would imagine this probably fits into the same category as that right. sort of thing. And then everyone just talks about, how did they get it out yeah, of there and I, then I'm, back in there? I'm going to say lose it. I don't have any interest. All right. Number two, the loneliest kindergartner. Wyoming school opens with one student. I want to hear this story only so I can hear you mispronounce Wyoming again. It's Wyoming. Uh, pretty sure it's not. But, Wyoming? Uh, yes, but anyway, I, I like that's a good story. I think that we should break that down coming up at the next hour. All right. Oscars, hair, and makeup speech, speech quickly touted as worst in Oscar history. There's a lot of Oscar stuff that we yeah. should probably go over. We'll go over some of the stuff. Uh, I know that uh, we're not going to just list off a bunch of winners and losers because by now you're probably caught up to speed on that. But uh, some things that were going on that uh, I think we both made note of that we will talk about. So I think, yes. We should cover that. All right. And then finally, food truck explosion caught on camera. God, I, I love food trucks, love food truck stories, love explosions for that matter. Also, um, I would say, is this a food truck or a meth lab? That is always the question. And a great game, by the way. Great game. <laughs> great cover. This curry tastes a lot like meth. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, let's, no wonder uh, it's so popular. Let's lose it. The line is around the block. <laughs> uh, we'll uh, lose Everyone's that Everyone's so scratchy. Come back in a moment. We will uh, go ahead and news the ones we said we would news, the ones we said we would lose. We will never speak of again. And then we will have a um, touching tribute, hopefully, and listen back to some laughs that we shared with the uh, late Brody Stevens, a friend, personal friend, and a great comedian that is no longer with us, but uh, was with Ali and I together, and we will listen to one of those great moments that we shared with an A-list celebrity that we forced him to call uh, from his own cell phone. It was a, it was a good time, and um, I would like to think back fondly on that moment, all when we get into the next hour, right here on the all-new Channel Q. This is Channel Q. I know what you're thinking. Does this amazing show that I'm listening to on Channel Q have a name? And the answer is not right now. We don't. We had a name. Uh, for legal reasons, we're not allowed to use that name right now. It was stripped from us. Who knew that uh, the Real Housewives of Orange County was already a name? <laughs> we thought it was a great name for our show, but apparently it's already been taken. So, I mean, uh, my goal is to be a housewife, and I know yours was the same. Oh, same goal. That's why we're drinking these uh, Cosmos during the show mm -hmm. or whatever housewives drink. No, uh, we had a, a show name, and I don't know, the lawyers, uh, we, always got, we always seem to have problems with the lawyers. doesn't matter. Where we end up. It's weird, Allie. You know, we've worked technically, this would be the third station we've worked at together. Mm -hmm. We've had pretty legitimate issues with the lawyers at all three of the stations. Yep. It's the one, other than our amazing chemistry, our back and forth. Uh, our, our Seems to not be getting us anywhere, does it? No, it's getting us nowhere. But I'll, I'll tell you, um, 
the friction with the legal team has happened at every place we've been at, and I cannot figure. I, I feel like we're nice people. We mean well. I think that we've got you know for the most part good heads on our shoulders, etc. We like try to put out a good show. For, I've got a good neck on my shoulders. You have a thick neck on your shoulders. But no I, denying that. I think it got to the point where when we had to sit through those meetings about what legal things you can and cannot do on the radio, a lot of the examples were things that we had done yes. on the radio. Yes, yes. And well, I the, think that they were directing them towards us at one point. Yeah, the nice thing is now... For all of the other radio people that have to sit through long, boring PowerPoint presentations put on by the legal team, it's actually like a nice uh, historical look at our career together. You get a <laughs> bunch of the examples of things that uh, yeah. they don't they don't like. And look, we're always trying to find ways to. Uh, uh, there are certain rules, obviously, we cannot break. That goes with the territory, right? There are certain rules that all radio stations have to follow. Uh, and I always found th- thought that we found clever ways to get around those rules, but apparently. Uh, lawyers don't necessarily like cleverness. No, they don't want to do anything fun ever. And no, those meetings are, true. well, they'll bring up old bits that old radio shows did. And sometimes they're hilarious. Right. And then they're you're like, that's so funny. And then they're like, and it cost us $70 million. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's still so funny, though. Yeah, it's funny. It's yeah. worth it, right? And they're like, no, yeah, not worth yeah, it. Yeah, but then so. the lawyers win in the end. And then that's when things like, I mean, or the trolls win. And that's why things yes. like the Oscars happen, where there's no host and there's no jokes and there's no nothing because you don't want anyone to get mad or sue anybody else and then you end up with just a mainstream show. Well, let's uh, go ahead and figure out exactly what did happen last night if you were not watching plus other things that we've decided to talk about as we kick off the News It portion of uh, Lose It or News It. News It or Lose It. The Oscars ran... Just three hours and 20 minutes long last night. I guess it was the shortest one in seven years. Wow. I thought it was the shortest one ever. I'll nope. tell you, it was pretty short for me because I stopped watching after about 12 minutes. So, uh, <laughs> Were was... you one of those people who just wanted to see at the beginning if anyone would host? No, it was just, I, I kind of didn't really care. I was uh, Every year I feel like I care a little bit less. I've seen less of the movies. It seems like every year they, there's more nominees and I've seen less of them. And, and I just... I had a couple of bets. I was waiting to see if I made money. I did not. Um, uh, you can tell that you miss football when you start betting on sound editor categories at the Oscars. But I just, uh, I don't know. I just, it was on in the background. I mean, I saw some of the stuff happen. And of course, today, like a lot of people, I've caught up on whatever the highlights were. It's pretty much just a giant long music video with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then sitting next to each other and ca- caressing each other's heads. Um, did you happen to see the hair and makeup winning award-winning uh, speeches? One of the th- lowlights of my night was I did actually end up hearing that speech <laughs> in its entirety, and it was uncomfortable and awkward. But I've always said this, and, and, and they're not supposed to be entertainers. They do hair and makeup. That's, uh, why, I lo- that's why I love watching them get awards. But the, even when you see actors and actresses that you truly love, and you're like, wow, they're amazing, they can do no wrong – They've been in some of the most iconic roles ever. A lot, some of them give these great, powerful speeches, but also a lot of times they're not great at their own words. They're great at reading other people's words mm-hmm. and making them sound like their own words. That's why they're so successful in acting. But a lot of times when they go up there and try to wing it, it is just uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think those it, wings are broken. Yeah, it just doesn't do a lot of good for anyone. So, well, this was. It's. I mean, a lot of people had decided this was the worst acceptance speech in Oscar history. And it's just fabulous because what this was one of the awards that they were supposed to 
not really air. It was supposed to just be happening during the commercial breaks. And then everyone was up in arms about how, no, 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 you can't take away these people's glory. You have to let them give their speeches. And you would think that these people who won had no idea any of that was even being discussed because they obviously did not prepare their speech. They all read off of a collective piece of paper similar to reading, you know, who made the baseball team in sixth grade or like a high school presentation. No one knew who was supposed to be reading what. They literally just read a list of names. It was (laughs) and it was way too long. It was like over two minutes long while the music was playing. It was fantastic. The biggest problem with the the concept of playoff music is great. I think we should have that in regular conversations. Every time I talk to anyone in the hallways here at work, I would love to be able to pull out a little boombox and just start playing them off no, with award show music. Let's go music. further. I would love for the person who's actually playing the music live to come in. Even better, right? A I, guy I, with a violin just comes in and starts playing? It, it, it's a beautiful and classy way to tell someone to shut the F up. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a, the nicest way you can do that, right? You have a, a, a whole string quartet playing loud music, which progressively gets louder until they eventually just cannot be heard of. It's it's really, if you think about it, it is the nicest, probably the nicest and most elaborate way to tell someone F off. But it has no power because no one understands. And then you end up getting this awkward, these awkward long moments of people still talking and the show can't move any faster because, and the music is on. And then you see the people that are, that are, there's job it is to uh, bring the winners off stage etc and they don't know what they're doing because they're gonna they're not gonna go physically you need to do like a bear trap situation they have to go back to hooks hooks open door trap yep. door i mean there's so many things you could do uh you, you let uh, someone like opens up a hive of yellow jackets i mean there's so many fun ways <laughs> that would really you talk about bringing the ratings up if they really had things that would happen if the speeches went long if the music starts and that lets you know you have five seconds to wrap release up, and, the tiger and if you don't do that then right <laughs> just and, a wild tiger there's always a different thing ready to to go. I think that'd be, like maybe the person's attached to a horse before they start the speech, and then they will like spank the horse to run if they if the speech goes long and pulls them off stage. So many great it's ways just you like could do it. The Hunger Games of Oscar speeches that'd be really because then I would. Uh, yeah, if the, they made it exciting like that, yeah, you'd the watch. The biggest problem they have is that people are like, uh, it's just kind of boring. And other than what the host would usually bring to the table at the beginning and maybe a few awards at the end, they know no one wants that stuff in the middle anyway. But if the concept was everyone will get up there and give their speech, doesn't matter how lame the award is, foreign, short documentary, whatever. But if they go long on the speech, things will happen like uh, – uh, yeah, I'm not going to say so bring the back- woman who won for her <laughs> documentary about periods would get chased by a bear. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be great. It was nice to see because usually period pieces win Oscars. It was nice to see a, a piece about periods yeah, to win an Oscar. Really a beautiful and thing. It even started out with a period joke when she won. It was fantastic. What did she say? Uh, she said, I'm crying and I'm not even on my period. Oh, did that kill? Yeah, it oh, killed. Good, it good, was amazing. Good. It killed. And then she got killed by a bear. Oh, man. No. Even I wish I had seen that. <laughs> uh, but as far as the hostlessness, a lot of people were fans of it. This was supposed to be a, a big ratings boost. It's one of the highest, higher rating Oscars in the last five years. And I think with the exception of the beginning and the end, it was pretty seamless. So a lot of people are saying, does this mean we have reached the end of Oscar hosting as we know it? You know, when I heard that Marie Kondo was going to the Oscars, I was like, there's your host. Yeah. Have uh, her show up. She would have been great. With her little translator and talking about how the Oscars is such a mess. She would have had to organize those 45,000 roses that were behind them. (laughs) You know, uh, as a person who's made my career... I don't know if career, probably not the right word to describe what I'm doing right now, but has made my living living, being a host... Being a host was always, in many ways, it was the lowest rung on the entertainment 
ladder, right? I mean, obviously, there's like movie star would be at the top or rock star or whatever, but hosting something, a game show, whatever, it was always pretty low-level stuff. That did, no one really wanted it. It wasn't that glorious. But then all of a sudden, all of these really successful, famous people decided, hey, I also, on top of being a movie star, want to start hosting. And then you started getting Jamie Foxx hosting game shows on TV. And, and then you had, uh, you know, insert who, whatever other A-list. You got the, the, the people on that, uh, you know, whatever. That's, Jeff Foxworthy. Well, I'm thinking bigger than that, but okay, Ali, thanks. Thanks for appealing to our new Midwest audience now. But anyway, yes, the, the concept was all When you of become a mega star all like Jeff sudden, Foxworthy. All of a sudden, these giant stars that were way above that decided, you know what, we're going to take all the hosting jobs. Yeah. So then for a guy like me that was just a host... There was no jobs anymore because they go, hey, sorry, uh, these jobs used to go to people like you, but now they're going to like A-listers that want to host as well because they realize it's pretty easy. Yes, but this is happening with everything, Kevin. It's not just hosting. The stars take over everything. But now, the biggest kick to the crotch here is that now they've decided, you know what's even better than a big star host? <laughs> no no <one>. host. <laughs> Nobody, Nobody at all. So now it's like they've taken this job that was once... There was a whole bunch of people that were like, hey, we're hosts for hire. Hire us. We'll host. You need a red carpet guy? You need a guy to make a, make a couple of funnies up front? Great. And then those jobs went to the famous, and now they're going to nobody. And and pretty soon, I think the robot takeover. I think our next Oscar host will be a robot. I think having a robot host would be amazing. I'm pretty into that. All right. Moving on. Tell me if this is the best or worst thing that you have ever heard. It's your first day of school. This show, worse than? No. Oh. You get all ready to go to your class first day of school. You get your little backpack, maybe a bologna sandwich. You get to school. You're in your brand new classroom. You sit down, waiting to meet your friends, your fellow classmates, and no one ever arrives. The teacher awkwardly just begins teaching you, maybe reading you a book about gay bunnies. But you are the only person in the entire school. It is a party of one all year mm. long. And that is the case. Sounds like your prom. For one- <laughs> No, I had a date to prom. Oh, I was a did? gay guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We actually just got really high and then left. Sounds amazing. It was great. Such is the case for one five-year-old in Wyoming. Not the high part, just the going to the school alone part. Because there's this law, I guess, in Wyoming where Wyoming, how I don't know how to do it. Wyoming. Wyoming. And where if your family is isolated because of bad roadways or snow conditions, this, the state has to provide you on-site education. So there's this isolated, abandoned school that's close to their house, and they had to reopen it oh. just to educate this one child. So they're like, go to this scary, abandoned building, little child. You're five. This is how school starts. And it's going to cost seventy five grand for the state to educate this one child. This kid better grow up to be something amazing because if this guy just grows up and he's just, you know, decides to be some dumb blogger. <laughs> I think we're all going to be really upset about that. Well, maybe he'll maybe he will though because it'll he'll grow up with a complex thinking he's so damn special right. because everything is being tailored to him. Right, like he he wins the talent show every single time. It's always him, him him his turn and show and tell, you know what I mean? And I- then then he just gets a complex and he feels like, I should be a blogger because everyone needs to hear my opinion. I'm so damn special. Uh, yeah, it's not a good, it's a weird situation. I think it's all part of the no child left behind situation, right? Where you have to provide education. Um, but yet he's in the middle. No, I would think once again, we could take that robot host that's going to be doing the Oscars until that's Oscar time next year, a uh, robot teacher. <laughs> Save a little bit of money. Well, you're really touting the uh, the employment for robots, aren't you? I am you? big on that, big time. We'll be back in a moment, believe it or not, with something that is not robotic, and that is next on the all-new Channel Q. Channel Q. Hey, Channel Q listeners. How are you doing? My name's Kevin. That's Allie. If you're new to the show, formula for this is pretty simple. That's a gay lady. I'm a straight man. We agree on one thing and one thing only, and that is our love of women. And... Um, 
also how much our wives hate us most of the time. It's the other, other thing we agree <laughs> I, upon. I thought it was the other way around. Oh, that's right. That's I forgot about that. I, I'm dyslexic as well. I should point that out. So mm-hmm. sometimes I get it backwards. Talk about a lot of things. Have some fun. Try to make each other laugh. And uh, hopefully you guys join us in the process in a totally interactive and totally inclusive environment. Uh, I know that uh, the topic that we will be discussing right now is n- nothing that is strange to members of the LGBTQ plus community, especially those that have had a very difficult time either uh, coming out to friends, family members, getting acceptance, feeling like they belong. Um, uh, We lost someone, this world lost someone on Friday and uh, someone that I would consider a a friend, uh, even a close friend, um, to be honest. Brody Stevens was a Los Angeles-based comedian, very proud of uh, living in the 818. And um, not only was he, uh, not only was he, in in my opinion, unique in, in a, in a world and in a in a profession where people will oftentimes not stick to their own mm. gut because yeah. they want the laugh and they want the acceptance so as a result they end up sometimes being going away straying away from who they truly are i always felt that brody kept it very real and didn't mind if his comedy was not received by the audience he he would in a way, that that's what would fuel him even more, and um, so thrilled that uh, obviously, Ali, you got to meet Brody, and, and we got to have him on our previous show a few times, um, and uh, and so it's just total bummer. Uh, obviously, there's really no way I I will have the right words to talk about uh, someone who has taken their own life. Well, um, and somebody that you had just been talking to. Yeah. Like you had just been talking to him a few days before that, and yeah. it's just, I mean, you always go back, especially when suicide is involved, to were there any signs? Were, what was the last thing that was tweeted? What was the last exchange that we had? You know, were there any warning signs that I could have done something about or I could have told somebody? But in this case, there was not. And I know that he's been, he had been vocal about his battle with depression and bipolar disorder. But with these things, it's like, you know, there might just be one instance that just changes it for them. I probably saw him six times in the last month month and a half uh, all of those meetings were you know fun funny you know we were working on a, a couple of things together uh, the last I feel horrible about this I had I had texted with him on Wednesday night um, and um, asked him a few questions he responded back to the text on Wednesday around four in the afternoon with uh, a few other questions. When the text came through, I was on the radio, so I didn't respond right away. I didn't mm. respond at all to that text because my, like I am, and this is unfortunately how I am with a lot of people, you as well, you'll send me something on text message and I'm, it may take me two, it's not because yeah. I'm being disrespectful. No, if you to, don't see it right away, there's a good chance yeah, it'll go unread I, I, and unreplied. Right, didn't see it and didn't think much of it. Um, and then eventually I did see it, didn't have the answer right away. I was like, oh, I'll just, I'm going to see him. I was going to see him this week. So I said, I'll just see him this week and go over these in person. And then that was one of those things where uh, I feel pretty bad because I just didn't even respond. And not that I would have said something that would have potentially changed what had happened. We did, however, want to share with you a moment uh, that we spent with Brody together because this gives you an idea. I think of why I found him to be so funny. Um, And this was a time that he was on with Allie and I in San Francisco and uh, we convinced him to go into his phone because he's, uh, you know, because he's been into movies, he's uh, been he's been befriended by a lot of famous, not just actors, but like athletes as well, musicians. Mm-hmm. He um, uh, he's got certain major league baseball players that uh, you know 
would, would interact with him on a regular basis. And part and, of his gimmick was talking about that on a regular basis, about how many people that he knew and right. his network of celebrities that he had in his phone. Yes, and, so. and I think that he did that because he thought, he, he knew other people found it funny, but I, I know for a fact that he enjoyed nothing more than bringing other people, I'm not even going to say making other people laugh, but bringing other people joy. His whole mantra was positive energy. He was all about taking any of the negativity, even with me, because, you know, sometimes you will say I'm a pessimistic guy. I will be very, you know, as he likes to say, arms crossed negative. He would he would talk to me in a way where he would actually make me of all the people. Where I was like, I'm just doing it to be funny, Brody. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a usually for the most part a, a pretty lighthearted person as well. But Brody would say, you know, he would talk a lot about, and this is maybe even something you and your wife are dealing with right now, Allie, as you kind of go through this whole um, spiritual awakening. Mm. But one of his big messages was always. Uh, positive energy, putting positive energy out into the world, positive energy. It's something that it doesn't matter what you believe in, religion, sexual, whatever it is you're into, be a little bit more positive and see and look at the impact that that potentially has on the people around you. It's so hard to do when it, you're in comedy. Of, well, of course. And, and, he, and he knows. And one of the reasons, look, I, I did stand up for a very little bit just to kind of see what it was like. And, I, and the thing that bothered me the most about it I loved going on stage. Was how bad you I were? loved no, no. That, that the booze didn't bother me. <laughs> what bothered me is that uh, there'd be a room full of comedians, and they would all be like f- best friends. And then as soon as the first one left to go do their set, everyone else in the room would like talk bad about that person for like, like, oh, that person sucks. Oh, you hear they just got a deal. Oh, well, they only got. It, it became this very. It felt to me like they all loved each other, but then as soon as one of them left the room, they all hated that person. Oh, that's a bummer. And that was the vibe I got from that world. And, and I never I think, got that vibe, but I guess probably because they were the ones talking about. Me. Probably there, yeah. If you didn't hear it, it's because they were talking about you. Oh, damn. Brody was very, he was very the opposite of that. And I think that he had real friendships, and I don't think he had any idea, like a lot of people, unfortunately, that, that think suicide is their only option. I don't think he had any idea how much love and respect people had for him because if he had known the outpouring of support that would happen, after it was too late, I, I just, there's no way, no, no matter what his mental state was, and I know he was dealing with different medications, et cetera, there's no way he would have done what he did. And, and this is because he, I don't think he really truly believed that he had the love and respect from some of the people that he loved and respected. And um, unfortunately, once it's too late, it's too late. But here's a moment that Allie and I had with Brody about two years ago. And uh, I, I will uh, listen to this. Let it play all the way through. Uh, it's one of the reasons we loved him. You'll hear another A-list celebrity join the conversation. Um, and uh, it's uh, our uh, final tribute uh, to a man who was great. And if you don't know his work, I recommend you look it up today. And even if you don't think it's funny the first or second time, by the time you watch it for the third time, you'll be in on the joke. <laughs> and uh, anyway, here's Brody Stevens on with Allie and I about two years ago. I, I know, but are saying. you friends with Zach Galvin? <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. Could you call him right now? Would he answer? He might. Do you want to call him right now? Um... Maybe, but probably not. <laughs> you don't have to do it through our phones, but call on your cell phone and just put on speaker and see if he answers. I might do that. Okay. So you want me to call him right now? Yeah, call him. All right, I'm going to call him right now. Because we don't get a lot of big stars on the show, but you know big stars. I know that. Don't you have Bradley Cooper's number in your phone as well? Yeah. Really? You want to call Bradley Cooper? You could do that. Yeah, I did. Didn't I call Bradley Cooper on? <laughs> and he was in Berlin, and he picked up. Yeah, he I did. did? Yeah, yes. I made him call Bradley Cooper one time. And I didn't think he'd answer. I was like, no chance he's answering. And he answered. He was like, Brody, good to talk to you, buddy. No I was, way. I was shocked. I was shocked. But put it on speaker. Here it is. All right. You want to bet? Hold on. I want to. And if the number goes out. Oh 
might not pick up. There's no way he's answering. Zach, it's Brody. <laughs> That's not how this works. Hello? Wait. Yeah. Zach. Yes. Uh, oh, Zach, stay calm. I'm on a radio. I'm, I'm on say you can don't hang up. I'm on a radio. Are you there? He hung up. Okay. Zach hung up. <laughs> he was still talking. Why did you do that? He was still talking. He was? That's the biggest story we've had on the show. Zach Galifianakis. Wow. Said hi and what? And we got hi. to interview Zach Galifianakis. Unbelievable. What a show. Did you we, hear one of the words? Delete the tweet that said Brody Stevens was going to be on it. Put one up that says Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> Why did he hang up? I said he was trying to be funny. I guarantee you. And he might say, don't do that. I feel like we can Photoshop he might, Brody. He might to look not. Like I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't picture. have done that. Why? I apologize. Did that mess up your relationship with him? I don't know. Maybe. Well, Why did you make me do that? <laughs> it's good for the show. It's good for the show. And you're 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 a team player. It's good energy. You're good. You're a good guy, Brody. I'm thrilled you're here with us because first of all, I missed the hell out of you. You're 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 one of my absolute favorites. You know that, right? Yeah. Now I'm thinking about my relationship with Zach. I'm not okay. going to be at Hangover Five. All right, people. Channel Q. All right, we mentioned it earlier here on the all-new Channel Q. And by the way, let's give another special welcome to anyone who is checking us out for the very first time. Or maybe let's uh, let's not leave out the people that are checking us out for the third time. Perhaps uh, you got confused or you lost signal or whatever. Uh, but it's great to know that uh, the Channel Q radio station continuing to grow and pick up more allies and supporters. Think of this like one giant gay parade that is moving from coast to coast. And we just got ourselves some new floats. So thank you. Uh, There's a guy in a Speedo with Sparkler right there. Well, there really he is. Narrow it down. That could be any parade, really. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you. It's good to have you on board with us. Uh, special uh, hello and thank you to the new stations that are joining. Channel Q, and that includes uh, cities now where you can find us. On the HD2, like Chicago, Boston, New York, where I got my radio start, and of course, uh, coming soon. Are we allowed to mention what's coming soon, or not yet? Uh, Miami coming soon. If you got people down there, I heard that they're a friend, a friend of the LGBTQ plus community. Absolutely. So anyway, it's great to have you on board, joining all of the other wonderful cities and uh, growing this support system, also known as a radio station, that is Channel Q. All right, Kevin. Yes. There is a new exercise trend, and I think you actually met. No, come on, hold on, hold on. It's not that one where you sleep. (laughs) Oh, uh, there was another one where it was like you have to sleep, but you put yourself in this weird bodysuit, and it'll you'll sweat enough to the point where you'll lose weight. Are you talking about sauna pants? (laughs) No, I think it was like sauna pants extended through bodysuit form. I tried to buy sauna pants from a Sky Mall once when they used to give you those those phones. You could you had to have been the only person in the world buying sauna pants on Sky Mall. Well, the problem was the phone. Remember they used to have the phone on the back of the seats on airplanes? You could use it, but you could only... Yes, Katie and I were just talking about that. Why don't they have those anymore? Uh, I think it's because everyone has their own cell phone. No, but they don't have reception. But I don't think people were actually paying to make phone... At least for me, I would. There was only one phone call you could do for free from that phone. It was SkyMall. So sometimes I would call just to have conversations. <laughs> the person next to me was really boring. Uh, but I, don't, I think people in general didn't like someone having a loud conversation on an airplane, which is why they got rid of those things. Well, I think that they should bring them back because, the, the, like people, yes, that you can don't have to use them just to talk. You can use them to text, but you should be able to. People would still pay money to be able to access internet through a phone in phone form. When you're up in the air. Yeah, but you could just do that on your cell phone now. No, you but can, you can't. You can access internet. No, yeah, the go-go in flight does not work. Well, it works better than some old relic of a phone that was on the back of a seat. But anyway, I did not end up buying the sauna pants. That's the end of the story. <laughs> okay. Exciting climate. Well, then here's the next thing you can try. 
High-intensity training in your everyday life. This is something that scientists have now, or research teams have now proven, is a great way to lose weight, even for people who don't exercise on a regular basis. Maybe going to the gym for an hour or even 30 minutes seems like too much for you. So this exercise trend is basically, while you're washing your car... Try and do it really fervently and make it like a mini high-intensity training workout. Or when you're bringing your groceries up the stairs to your apartment, just sprint it on up the stairs and make it like you're doing CrossFit for 10 seconds. And this is actually proven to help you lose weight. Even It doesn't matter how long it lasts, if it's 5 seconds, 10 seconds, 30 seconds. If you just do that whenever you can, it's supposed to help unfit and overweight people get the more of the exercise they need to improve their health. Listen, I think we can both admit that I look better than I should considering how little I work out, correct? Yes, yeah. And I'll tell you my secret right now. I've never told this to anyone. When I masturbate, which is frequently, I am high intensity. Oh, you do it like... Uh, yes. Oh. I and, I and I actually did think about releasing a book called Masturbating the Weight Away. <laughs> uh, still available, the title. Masturbate but, Loss? Uh, that would have been a better title, but uh, <laughs> uh, damn it, Allie, why are you going to try to one-up my great idea? <laughs> Um, That'd be a real short book. It, it's it's. I only have one. It'd be a picture book. I, yeah, I only have a chapter right now, and it's not even really a chapter so much. But I'm just saying, I agree with this because I think if you do whatever it is you're going to do anyway, even if it's just like I had a friend, and this was a weird thing he would do. But if he, whenever he was going from an elevator anywhere to an elevator, he would always go into a full sprint. Yeah, that's one of the examples in here. Not elevators, but if you're going, say, you're running out to the mail, like to the mailbox. Maybe it's not close to your house, but if you just sprint there sprint. and then sprint back, that's a little high-intensity training workout just, right there. It's just getting the heartbeat up quickly for these little things here and there. And yes, maybe you're not going to necessarily burn as many calories as you would if you were to do the elliptical for 45 minutes. But if you do whatever it is that you're doing... I mean, it sounds absurd when you say I mean, I just... wash the car and start like going really, really fast. But I'm just saying, even if, even if it's like, I know that people say things like, oh, I take the stairs now. I don't do escalators anymore or whatever else. But you, I tried that. And then the like, day two of doing that, I set off an entire fire alarm at a mall. <laughs> So I, yeah, they haven't that. given the even disclaimer on that. Right. But I, I do do that thing where if you're bringing groceries, you got a couple of bags that are kind of heavy, you're walking and you do a couple bicep curls. With the bags. With the bags, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, even uh, though it's just a couple of bags of pirate's booty, it's pretty light, but still <laughs> makes me feel very strong. Is that a lesbian? Uh, is she curling her kale? It's <laughs> huh, weird. Uh, but so- I love just the thought of seeing all these people all of a sudden do these things. If you're getting the mail or bringing out the trash or whatever, people are like h- hurling it into the air and then catching it, doing a little high intensity well, workout. Seeing people sprint in a non-sprinting setting, like not at the Olympics, is usually shocking because you assume either they are about to commit a crime or just committed a crime or something bad is happening. If you see someone running as fast as they can run towards right. you, your immediate reaction is, what are they running from or are they running toward, are they about to tackle right. me? And instead of they're like, oh, money mailers. So, yeah. So <laughs> money, it, man- that's money mailers. The, that's the part that is confusing more than anything else, but high intensity, there you go, to a tip that will help you live longer uh, or unless you have a heart condition, in which case probably don't do that. We'll yeah, be back in not. a moment uh, where we, uh, what do we have to wrap up the show next already? What? How is that possible? My good God, the time really flies. Octopus, damn you! We're having a mediocre time. We'll be back after this. The all-new Channel Q. That's Ali. I'm Kevin. More next. Channel Q. All right, thank you. Uh, The applause is totally unnecessary and also completely fake, but... 
This is the all new Channel Q, and we were thinking, how could we, um, how could we try to wrap up the show, the first show, back after the Academy Awards, uh, by doing something very special? And uh, we decided that because this uh, station, some people are hearing it for the very first time today. Let's give them a reason to be listening for the very last time. Let us. Um, let us do what is the top trending story right now. I think one of the top trending stories of the day is the performance Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper did uh, at the Academy Awards oh, last night. Stole the show. Stole the show. Of course, a song that you'll be hearing, I'm sure, from time to time here on the all-new Channel Q. And uh, let's go ahead and t- to show that this truly is a station giving everyone a voice, even people with a bad singing voice. <laughs> Ali and I are going to, uh, for, the Think f- for, yourself. for the first time ever, perform this song by reversing roles. So Allie will be uh, doing the Bradley Cooper singing. Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me mess my hair up. I will slightly wet. Do the role of Lady Gag Gag. <laughs> You're up. More gay friendly. Okay, hold on. Oh, you missed your. But that was no, your I mom. didn't. Yeah, that was it. I think. Nuh-uh. Tell me something, girl. A longing girl. Nailed it. Can't in the bad times I feel myself oh, oh. I really don't know the words of this.
you thought that there was sexual chemistry in the performance last night, <laughs> then you should have seen what was just going on between Allie and I. Let the dating rumors begin. Uh, we will see you guys tomorrow, unless oh, all of those new cities that just picked up Channel Q have all just dropped Channel oh, Q. Oh, darn. So, that song is powerful. Wow. <laughs> Be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, same gay time, same gay station. Until then, we say bye. Curious. Channel Q. Channel Q.